The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. Blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hi, welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group, a global marketing services ecosystem organized to help chief marketing officers in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. Today, I'll be talking about the future of branding with Dan Schauble, the leading personal branding expert for Gen Y, founder of the Personal Branding Blog and author of the book, Me 2.0, Build a Powerful Brand to Achieve Career Success. Dan is a syndicated columnist for Metro US, which reaches more than 1.2 million readers biweekly and a featured contributor to Mashable, Lifehack, and Media Post. At 25 years old, he is also Business Week's youngest columnist. Dan is currently employed as a social media specialist for EMC Corporation, one of the world's leading technology companies. Named a personal branding force of nature by Fast Company and one of 20 people entrepreneurs should follow on Twitter by Business Week, Dan has really made a name for himself since graduating magna cum laude from Bentley University here in Boston in 2006. Welcome to Market Edge, Dan. Happy to be here, Larry. Hey, Dan, first, uh, you know, before we get into a bunch of questions, I noticed you, uh, you must have the record of followers on Twitter. How many are you up to? About 54,000. Oh, my gosh. How did, you, how did you accomplish that, Dan? Just maybe walk us through because that's just amazing to me. So. Well, the first thing you need to do is your profile needs to be 100% complete. I mean, if, if it's not 100% complete and doesn't position you how you want to be positioned, right? So if you're a marketer and you're, not, you're positioned as a doctor or your profile only doesn't even have where you're located, you're going you're gonna to miss out, right? People, if you follow someone else, they're probably not going to follow you back. And that's one of the biggest ways to get followers is to follow people. But you, wanna, you want a more targeted approach. So once you have your complete profile filled out, including a link to the website that best represents you. It could be your blog. It could be your LinkedIn profile. Then you use a service such as Tweepy, or you use a location-based service on Twitter, and you follow people that you know would probably be interested in you and that you would be interested in them. So that's really how you get started, and then it's all about tweeting every single day, multiple times a day. You know, if you tweet once every three days, you're not going to get thousands of followers. <laughs> so it's all about doing that over a long period of time. You know, I've probably been on Twitter for eight to ten months. That's just astounding. What do you think, uh, you know, step back a second and put on your journalism hat, you know, what, what do you think the future of Twitter is? Um, you know, is it... Primarily as a communications platform, much like email has served, or is it going to go far beyond that, do you think? 
We've already seen it go pretty far beyond it. I mean, if you look at what Dell's done with their Dell outlet on Twitter, they've made like $3 million by offering coupons, and that was their application of Twitter. Comcast's application of Twitter was more about customer service. You know, another Twitter account might just be about recruiting new talent, offering jobs, you know, as more of a recruitment HR angle to it. There's, there's so many different applications. You know, some people are using it for journalism. You know, Steve Baker, Business Week, uses it for to get ideas for stories and maybe to quote people from Twitter in his stories. And that's the future is just what everyone wants to make it. And when you figure out how to use Twitter for your cause and how to apply it to your business or your personal life, then who, who, it doesn't even matter where Twitter's going. It's all about the individual. The individual is empowered to use Twitter or any of the tools how they want, personally. I agree with you on that. I mean, I have uh, a lot of our people at our PR company, I mean, there's really no reason to have press releases anymore. We're just, you know, Twittering back and forth, you know, with uh, with the journalists. So, you know, it's, it's making obsolete a number of different communications uh, vehicles that have been used for decades. Yeah. Because people don't want to wait. But I'd say the one thing, and I agree with, you, you probably know David Meerman Scott, he has one, the, the only point, well, financially, a lot of companies have to use press releases, but also right. for the links, because press releases usually can land on like Forbes.com and all those sites and link back to your site, so it helps with your search engine optimization. That's probably the only reason, though. Yeah, or or legal reasons, but you know, yeah. that, like you pointed that out. Hey, after graduating, you know, just uh, a couple years ago, what steps did you take? I mean, you know, to build your brand so quickly, you had to be, you know, pretty methodical about this, you know. And in your, your, I know your book outlines, I think, a four-step process, you know, on not just personal branding, but I'm wondering if that can also lend itself to the way companies have to brand now. But why don't you? walk the audience through, you know, what steps you took and, and maybe you could, you know, sort of dive into your four-step process for us. Sure. The steps I took, I mean, it's it's not like a short story. A lot of people think it all happened in two and a half years. Yep. The story was built from middle school. I mean, I was I was learning graphic design and and web development in middle school, creating websites. I actually, one of the things that I've been thinking about is, you know, when I graduated high school, I had like a social, sort of like a social network for my friends who graduated so we can keep in touch so everyone had their own profile page. This was before Facebook. I didn't get Facebook. I was at 16th school to get Facebook my junior year. So I had, I had been thinking about all of this long before it even happened. And I, you know, I'm, 20, I'm 26 years old now, and so I was born in the web. You know, I was born online. I wasn't even born in my mom's stomach. So, um, yeah, and it's a long story. And basically, like, I was going to go to summer camp my senior year of high school. My father was like, nah, forget about it. Get a, get a real job. And so I had my first job, like, as a, I was, like, cold-calling businesses, working for an entrepreneur, and my father helped me get that. And then when college started, I had seven more internships in four years, and I had my own web consulting business. So I learned how to market myself during college to get internships because I wanted, to free, I wanted to try and get it on my own without the help of my family or whatever other connections I had. And I got a job at Tech Target, which you're probably familiar. That was my last one. Reebok, yeah. Lycos, and Lojack were some of the bigger ones that people might recognize. 
And I walked in there with a personal branding toolkit. I didn't call it that back then. And that's actually the second step of, of what I'm going to talk about in a few. Um, and I walked in and I was marketing myself. And that's what I called it. It wasn't personal branding to me, even though personal branding had been around since 1997 when Tom Peters wrote the article. And I, w- I walked in there. I had a website, a business card. I had resume. I had everything to sell myself. And it really stood out, especially the CD portfolio I made of my work in graphic design, web development, all the projects. And so that really helped get all these type of internships. But, and here's the but, I was always scared to network, and that really hurt me when I graduated. So it took eight months. Now, I started early, so I got a job almost out of college, right, like two months later. So eight months meeting 15 people, getting rejected twice to get my first job at EMC Corporation when I graduated. Even with, like, the resume, like, the God resume, like, graduating college. Like, I had seven leadership positions. Like, all this stuff, like, it was, the story is built over time. It wasn't like I randomly, you know, built a blog and people loved it. Um, And then I worked at EMC for a year and then started started really getting into blogging. I read Tom Peters' brain called You Article and Fast Company. That was written 10 years before. And then I started the personal branding blog. And then within six months, I was really passionate about the subject, obviously, marketing myself in college, already kind of understanding all of that. And I had a blog. I had Push Brain TV, which is an online video series where I talk to executives. I pull students in and go over different concepts. Then I wrote articles for About.com, American Marketing Association, Brain Week Magazine. And I did the Push Brain Awards where I gave recognition to people who are building their brands online and becoming more well-known for for their expertise, and a, a bunch of other things. And I started Personal Branding Magazine, and the first, the first cover was Donald Trump was interviewed between Guy Kawasaki and Donald Trump, as well as 10 other articles. So between March 14, 2007, and August 1, 2007, I did all of that. And Fast wow. Company wrote about everything I did. So it was exactly 10 years to that day of when Tom Peters' article came out. Yep. And EMC had no idea what I was doing I was then recruited to be the first social media specialist in the company. And this was like, this was 2007. So, you know, Dell had community managers back then, but this was brand new to a Fortune 500 company, especially a B2B company. Right. And so I, I got to co-create the job. You know, I was, I remember walking in, like I, I met like a vice president. That was this really small time. And I'm still not like, I'm not like a director or anything. And I walked in and I thought I was going to have to really sell myself because I was, I thought it was an interview, but it wasn't because everything I had done outside had already sold me for the position, not even what I was doing at work, even though if I was a bad employee already, it wouldn't, wouldn't have even mattered. And that was a big deal to me. That was the idea for the book was, you know, you could build your brand. You could really take control of your life. You could tell, you could either, you know, position yourself in a company doing what you love or start a business or any, I mean, there's so many different options for you when you really get your name out there. And that was the basis between, of Me 2.0. And then the process, it was a four-step process. I basically made it very simple because the book originally targeted young individuals, millennials, people who were in college, who had a lot of choices because, you know, you can choose your major, you can choose your organizations you want to join, internships, everything. I mean, you so, so many options. So I really wanted those individuals to really understand who they were and what they could provide and and to really help them navigate college and after college get their, get a job that aligns to their passion and expertise. And the book, so the first step was discover, discover your brand. 
and these have to be done in the right order. You can't just skip. You can't just start communicating your brand because then people are going to go to you and oh, who's this? And what is he? What can he provide to me? And what audience is he serving? And that's what you do in this discovery phase. So you create like a personal brand statement. Personal brand statement for me is personal branding expert for Gen Y. So it says, what's this person's expertise, and who does he he or she serve? Um, what audience? And also. In that chapter, it's about creating a personal development plan with long-term and short-term goals. There's also a personal marketing plan. How are you going to market yourself? Do you have a budget? Uh, are you trying to create a blog? Like, what are you trying to do? Um, you know, AdWords. There's so many th- things you can do in that chapter. Basically, you have to think like a company. That's really, that the, chapter will make you think like a company, right? And so that's why the book, as you were saying, can't be applied to companies because it's all of all these social media tools, everything, they can apply to any brand. I mean, we know Britney Spears is a brand online, and you're a brand online, and a stapler could be a brand online, or Staples, the company, could be a brand online. Any, everything, everyone's a brand, and so the, the social web has made it more obvious that everyone's a brand, and it's tangibleized branding, so people can really feel it. And companies, everyone, any brand has to use individuals to really develop those personal relationships and engage online anyway, so it's pretty obvious now. And then the second step is create your brand, and that's about creating the marketing materials to help sell yourself. And that's back to the personal branding toolkit that I used to preach in college. Didn't call it that, but website, maybe a blog, depending if you're commit, committed or not. If you, That's the number one word with blogging. If you're not committed to it, it's going to fail. It has no chance because there's too much competition and because without that passion and, and that drive to really put the content out there and then market the content every single day, it's just not going to, it's not going to take off. You're just going to drop it after a while. And then social network profiles, I recommend at minimum the top three, so Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, possibly ones in your industry. I was talking to realtors yesterday. ActiveRain.com makes more sense for them too. So you want to be targeted in that approach. Ning.com, you can develop your own social network around your your brand or whatever you're trying to accomplish. I think that's a good one. And and then if you're a job seeker, resume, cover letter, references, document, possibly a CD portfolio of work. There's, There's a lot. You can do a video resume now. So there's a lot of options for you. And then the third step is communicate. Now, since you have all these materials, you have your profile so that everything is in line and everything is consistent, consistent brand image. You're using the same picture, professional picture everywhere. You're using your same name everywhere. So if you decide to call your, yourself Dan or Matt, you stick to it. You don't have Matt in one area and Matthew in a different area. And then your personal brand statement everywhere. Then communicate is actually, you know, Attending networking events in real life, maybe starting a networking event, maybe speaking at a networking event, using the social social media tools to connect to real people in your industry that you're actually interested in. It's, it's constantly communicating every single day, putting your voice out there to be heard. And then the last step is maintain your brand, and this has two different angles to it. The first one is reputation management. By now, once you get to the fourth step, people might be talking about you or responding to you online. You want to keep tabs on this, and I think this is where a lot of your latest book comes into play, too, setting up Google Alerts and setting up different alerts for your name using in Twitter, search.twitter.com, and using maybe backtype.com if someone writes about you in a different comment of a blog, 
And there's a lot of different services, like TweetBeep is another one. And keeping track of brand mentions for your personal brand, maybe your topic, maybe competitors, you know, think like a company too. You know, maybe uh, other people in your industry that you want to keep a tab on, see how they're doing. And th- that is like basics. And then the other, the other piece is as you grow, everything has to be updated. So if you move into a new position or you just wrote another book or you're doing some entrepreneurial website, then that has to be on everything you do and just keeping that in mind. These are things that can automatically update with your latest experience. Like you have to input that. And if you don't, you miss opportunities because if someone, for instance, looks on, goes on LinkedIn and types in different keywords and your latest position has those keywords because that's what you do and you're looking to move or something, then you won't, you won't be brought up and you'll lose the opportunity. We're talking to Dan Schauble, personal branding expert and author of Me 2.0. Dan just outlined the real process that one needs to take to, to be a personal brand in today's social media world. Discover, create, communicate, maintain. We're going to take a short break right now, but we're going to come back and keep talking with Dan about this personal branding and really how companies are having to change the way they think about building reputation online. This is Larry Weber. We'll be back with Dan in a second on Market Edge. Market Edge will continue in just a moment. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. AffiliateContracts.com is an affiliate network like no other. Hands-on account management right from setup gives personal attention with continual account optimization. And our affiliates will attest our offers consistently pay more money every single day. Seriously. And hey, want to make a lot of money fast? Check out our unbeatable, I mean unbeatable insurance offers. Higher conversions with programs that are sustainable and scalable because AffiliateContracts.com is committed to you for the long run. Bigger payouts, higher conversions, and attention you expect from dedicated affiliate managers. AffiliateContracts.com. That's what the affiliate world needs. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. Fired up with Gordon Rudo. Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber. 
Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with Dan Schauble, personal branding expert, author of Me 2.0. Dan, fascinating. The whole process of, of, of building the brand online, I'm just uh, amazed at, you know, how, how great you're, you're thinking about this. It, you know, I had sort of a tangent, you know, when you talked about in the second part of the process, creating a video resume, one of the things I'm convinced of is that we're moving into a, a sort of a, a next generation era of the web that's going to be highly visual. You know, how's that going to impact you know, your whole process and the way people and companies brand, if if the web is less and less text-based and is more and more visual-based? Well, one thing that we need to consider is that in the year 2020, 50% of the workforce will be people my age. And people my age are very visual. You know, I just launched a, a second blog on Monday, studentbranding.com, and I know students and young professionals, they want to see video. So video is definitely here to stay. The only thing about video, even though you know, search engines are starting to really pick up on it, text is still extremely important. So even if you see a video on a blog, it still helps if somebody transcribes that and like writes maybe a summary of what the video is about. But you know, video is here to stay. I think video is the most powerful personal branding medium, if you can pull it off. I don't think it's for everyone. If someone's very introverted, shy, and, you know, not good on video, you just know if you're good on video or not. You usually get some criticism online like I used to. And if you're good at video, then people are going to get to know you before they even meet you. For instance, if you've never met either Larry or myself and you watch a video of us online, You'll know us before you even meet us. So when you actually talk to us, the conversation's going to move faster and it'll be more comfortable for you. But if you didn't see the video, then you don't know, you have no set expectations. So I think the video uh, can really help. And I think for companies, one of the coolest things is if you go to viewmyworld.com, it's a Microsoft employer branding site. That's another fancy word that's out. And it's all about positioning your company as uh, the company of, um, Best choice, best choice employer. And video shows you what it's like to work at a company from the eyes of an employee. For instance, Microsoft has one video with a day in the life of an employee, employee parks, and he'll go through a day and little windows will pop up saying, park number one, pool. Park number two, we do your laundry and really understanding what a typical day is like, which will save you time in the process if you're a job seeker or looking to make a career move, because you'll know what a day is like there. And if you don't like what a day is like there or you don't like the type of work that someone in engineering does there or software programming does there, then you won't work there anyways. And so I think that video is bridging the gap between knowing about something and actually being a part of that experience. So it's really powerful, and I think that search engines, it's going to only be stronger in search engines in the future. People have to pay attention to it because, yeah, the web is visual, but I think, I think it's all based on preference still. It's, it's really based on preference. So I think if you're a marketer, you, should do, you, don't, you almost have to do everything. You know? try, try different things. Appeal to different audiences. Some people like to just 
you know, run the track or, you know, listen in their cars to an audio podcast. But other people are visual, like you said. People want video. Or other people just like to read something because they're used to reading newspaper or magazines and they want to go online to your blog and just start reading. I think it's all based on preference. Yeah, two things, you know, are well to note that uh, you mentioned that, you know, it was about six months ago that uh, YouTube became the second most popular search engine, uh, you know, uh, just uh, just below its parent, Google. And, you know, also one of the fastest growing devices right now is the uh, are the digital readers. So people do still like to read, but um, to, to your point, but I, I think the visual and the video sort of just, thematic is going to continue to grow. Hey, when we spoke, you know, my current book, Sticks and Stones, uh, on the personal on your personal branding blog last July, you asked me about responding to attacks on corporate brands. What's your advice for responding to attacks on personal brands? You know, people are more and more, you know, the, not to, you know, focus on the negative side, but there 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 is a lot of, a, you know, um, you know, complaints or, or you know, people that will take hits, you know, what's what's some of, you know, Dan Shovel's advice for protecting your own personal brand? The first thing you need to do is keep tabs on it. Reputation management, you need to have the Google Alert set up, you need to search through Twitter, you need to figure out what people are saying about you. If it is negative, then you have to decide how to react. If it's something that's blown out of proportion, like someone swearing online, then you probably don't even go near that. But if it's something that could, that's pretty legitimate, people found some sort of claim like you endorse a product but you didn't have a disclaimer on a blog post, then you might want to come in there and maybe apologize or say or send or send that person an email or direct message on Twitter saying, you know, I'm really sorry, I should add that in. Thanks for reminding me. Or you just got to be honest with people and gotta you gotta just. If you're wrong, you have to admit it, just like anything else. Because if you don't, and then that tweet might become a blog post, might become 30 tweets, might become a video, might become front-page article on WallStreetJournal.com. I mean, that's exaggerated, but that's the world we live in. Things are traveling fast. So you, want to, you want to prevent forest fires before they spread and take ownership of them. But it really depends. If it's factual and someone's saying it and it's something negative about your brand, then you have to go in there. But if, if it's something that's, like, like, really obscure and something that's false, I mean, you probably don't want to touch it because that person is not looking to make amends. That person is probably just looking to burn your brand, and, and people notice that. People notice that, uh, you know, it's probably not factual and that they're just a hothead, and they'll probably, they won't retweet that person. So you have to pick your battles, pick and choose your battles, definitely. Hey, you know, um, one thing I talk about, um, recently is or is sort of the self editing of of the web and, and and of social media, and by that I mean much like in the in the past with traditional media, there's certain media that becomes more validated and people follow it more and and you know others sort of fall by the wayside. Do you think that is occurring in social media that you know where certain bloggers are coming to the top, others are you know falling by the wayside and and will that continue some kind of momentum where you know it, it, much mirroring the traditional media landscape that you know we sort of have the places we're going to follow or we're going to go and we're going to get our our, our advice and uh, and our news. 
branding 101, people who got in at the right time and built their brands and built subscriber bases of 10 to 50 to maybe TechCrunch's 3 million readers, it's very hard to compete against these people. That's why when I, when I tell people to discover their brand, I, make, I get them to be very specific on how they want to position themselves in a very, very crowded marketplace. If you try and go in as a social media expert and start a blog, the probability that you'll succeed is very low. I mean, it's really, and it doesn't even matter who you are, even if you're like a vice president in a small company. You have to earn your wings. You have to earn your medallion in social media by being active, by contributing value over time. And everything is a long-term strategy instead of short-term because there's no overnight success when using these tools. And if you're trying to build a blog right now, be very specific on how you want to position yourself because there's so many blogs covering so many different areas. And the, the, most people are not willing to try something new when, once they've gotten enough, um, enough posts, if, once they've read a blog enough. And there's so many blogs now. There's, I, yeah, almost have to estimate over 200 million blogs. Good advice, Dan. I mean, you know, especially for corporations who, you know, I, in my world, so many say to me, oh, we want to just want to dip our toe into social and we'll see how it goes. And I consistently say the same thing you're saying to, to on the personal side, which is this is a long-term commitment. This is something you have to focus on every day. You have to work hard on, on developing the content that's relevant. And you have to, you have to con- consistently contribute in a thoughtful and meaningful way. And if you don't, you will go by the wayside as a corporate brand as well. Soft selling is, is really the mode of the web. If you're going in there and every blog post or anything you can contribute is trying to sell a product or a service, it's over. You have no chance, and you'll hurt your reputation. You always have to think, I want to bring people into my world, which is your website or your blog, by giving enough value and pulling people in. Because once people are pulled in, they're going to probably trust you. They're probably going to know who you are, obviously, and they probably want to do business with you or they might sign up for your newsletter and you might be able to convert them at a later date. And that's how people have to think. It's about the soft sell now. In Business Week, actually, I had an article on it. I'm really happy about um, the last issue about that. That's really how things are changing. Hard selling doesn't work. Cold calling, it's just it's not very effective. Instead, you have to think of more attraction-based marketing or, as HubSpot would say, inbound marketing. That. That seems to work much better, but it takes longer. That stuff doesn't just happen. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like a relationship is in a one-night stand. It's the same thing. And and you got to work on it. And uh, you know, Dan's talking about uh, the new book from the HubSpot founders, um, inbound marketing. I would recommend that as well. And. you know, along with uh, a whole series of new books out, not just mine, Sticks and Stones, but, but others. Dan, it's, um, believe it or not, we're, we're, we're running down uh, to probably our last few minutes, and maybe, maybe you could just give our audience a, a last thought on the future, you know, sort of the, the personal branding evolution and just some of the, the, you know, the developments or networks that you believe will be instrumental in, in shaping, you know, the future of, of, of personal branding. Some, some last thoughts from you, Dan. Sure. I believe in the transparent web, and what we're, what we're starting to see right now is that social networks are combining with 
search engines. For instance, there are deals now with Google and Bing and Facebook and Twitter, and status updates are going to be running through search engines soon enough, which means that's reputation management 3.0, right? Everything you do on a social network appears in search engines, so you really can't get away from having your own little private area to talk with people anymore to update people with your status. <laughs> it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be ubiquitous. It's going to be everywhere. And everything you say is going to be ten times more important than you think it is and more visible. Right? I, look at, I look at Google as the New York Times bestseller list. It's on the first page. It's going to be visible. People will see it. People will track it. And it could hurt you, especially if you're job searching or you know, you're part of a company. Because that, that relationship is, I think, the most is very fascinating. You know, I work for a large company, and then I've done a lot outside of work, probably more than the typical employee. And so the relationship between the corporation and the individual is going to get very interesting in the future, too. And it's something to pay attention to. The, the employer-employee the employer contract might change slightly because people my age, again, you're 2020, 50% are going to be millennials in the workforce. So there's going to be some handshaking. Let us build our personal brand, and, you know, that's a, a, that'll draw us to want to work with you a little bit more. Because they, people are starting to understand the importance of doing all of this. And it's not enough to just have a resume anymore. In fact, a resume is not as important as it used to be 10 years ago. Now it's about one Google search or a search on Facebook or a search on LinkedIn and just seeing what contributions X, Y, or Z person has made to the world. And people are going to be judged more about what they have to say than what's on their resume. And I think that's a big change that people have to pay attention to. And then, finally, aside from transparency, again, you know, full, complete, like, whole families are on Facebook now. Everyone's interconnected, 300 million people. I think Foursquare is getting a lot of traction in social media. I think there are a lot of services that are going to be increasingly valuable, such as Ping FM and TubeMogul, which allow you to spread one status message or one video through a lot of social networks because people are having less and less time um, to do everything, to update one-on-one -on -one every single status message. <laughs> and so this, these, these websites help you scale and Scaling is going to be something that people are going to have to be good at in the future because there's just a lot to do. There's a lot to do, and it makes social media has made everyone work harder. And it's such an opportunity cost. You know, going to sleep now is a huge cost because it's so easy to connect with new people now, and that can lead to so much. So I just feel like I just feel like it's changed everything. Everything. It totally did. It's a cool I, time to live in, as you would probably agree. Really interesting time to live in. Totally, totally agree, Dan, and we're going to have to have you back because there's so many more questions I'd like to ask you, and um, and, and so important. And, you know, one of the my things lately, and I get these looks from my peers, like that, uh, you know, that I'm, you know, sort of making this stuff up. But I, I hold that social media, as it evolves, will have way more impact on our society than television, and uh, and and I'm I, I know that's going to happen. But anyway. Dan Schwabel, personal branding expert, author of Me 2.0. Please follow him on Twitter like all of us are and, uh, you know, read his personal branding blog, uh, his column in Business Week, et cetera. 
Dan, Shabal, thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Larry. And thanks, everyone in the audience, for listening to today's Market Edge conversation. Tune in again Tuesdays, 12 noon Eastern Time in the United States to webmasterradio.fm. I'm your host, Larry Weber. Thanks a million. We'll talk next time. Bye-bye.